Welcome back to Nerd Escape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I am your host, Jablar, once again. And I'm your host, Cammy. Nice to talk to y'all again. Oh, yeah. We fell off the script for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a week. Had to catch up. Um, but yes, we are getting closer to nearing the end of season one. Um, we're going to stop at season or episode 10. Mm-hmm. But right now, it is episode nine, yeah. Prism Stalker. Woo, woo, woo. Shout out to one of our good friends, Nelson Turek. Yeah. He actually is the one who went to go hang out and he, we were always exchanging books. And he's like, hey, man, read this. And I was like, okay. And and it was I crazy was like, because Bleh. I had picked up like a couple of the single issues, but just hadn't like take the time to read them so i was just like okay perfect so this is just another sign from the universe that i need to read yes yes present stalker is from image comics uh its creator is sloan leon we have a lady yes in the comic world yes um that she is the writer and she does mainly all the art yeah all the art there's some cover artists i believe she has a family member who helps her out with some of the covers yeah but she is the sole creator with the writing of the story and of the art set up in this whole comic book. So cool. Amazing. Uh, issue number one hit the shelves March 2018. And this volume one is, uh, of course, issue one through five. And it hit the shelves in September 2018. Nice. So I was very surprised. It's been around for, you know, a while. Over, like two years. Yeah, a little over two years now. Yeah. It's really hard to generalize the story, to be honest with you. This is so true. But um, it falls under the sci fi, fantasy has a very psychedelic and trippy art um, and it views space travel and different alien species and of like telepathic planets that the characters are trying to colonize um, and that's just scratching the surface yeah. of all this but we're gonna jump right into the creators of this and the people who helped shape this comic book starting off with our creator Sloan Leong you can find her at Twitter and IG at Sloan Leong um, she is living near Portland, Oregon, from what I've read. Nice. She has her own portfolio of websites, oh, which is really cool. Like, beautiful. she's on top of her stuff. Like, you know, credit to her. Like, I'm starting to get like creative cramps just being like, I need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, and this, she seriously, she's an inspiration. But um, yes, her portfolio website is at sloansloan.com. Um, she is a cartoonist, an artist, a writer, and she's been all self-taught. She nice. is dope. That's so cool. And she is a mix of Hawaiian, Chinese, Mexican, Native American, and European descent. Um, I say this because it's a sole part of the comic book. It's yeah. about culture displacement. Um, her art touches on themes of survival, displacement, relationships, spirituality, identity, and mental illness, uh, which is all... Yeah, wrapped up into this. Yeah, and and it's nicely wrapped up, honestly. Uh, These themes are channeled through the genre mediums like science fiction, horror, adventure, and slice of life. Mm -hmm. And she has been publishing her own comic books since the age of 16, people. Man. Just working. What was I doing at 16? And, you know, you got a comic published by Image. Credit to you, Sloan. Yep. Hats off. Cheers. Uh, her various works. She works for various companies such as Vic Medium, New Republic, Image Comics, of course, Cartoon Network. Oh. Um, Boom Studio, Dark Horse, BuzzFeed. Uh, her most recent art is a map of the t- a map to the sun. It came out in August 2020. Uh-huh. She also works on a body made of seeing. She worked from Under the Mountains, which is uh, she did the illustrations for that. She's done Epic Athletes Edition, uh, Serena Williams. So okay. she did some little some art for Serena Williams, like of her. And she also worked on a title called Change by 
Elias Cott. Oh yeah, Elias. Elias, Elias Cott. Uh, we've talked about him on the last episode for the New World, mm-hmm. and Sloan Illustration was a part of the illustration team nice. uh, for that as well. Mm-hmm. And this comic is a reflection of Sloan's ancestral past and present, which is a reflection of her native Hawaiian and her Native American ancestries for the social constructs imposed in those cultures which leads to oppression leads to the destruction of indigenous cultures so that is the soul of this comic but it really is um it all it's also about feeling disconnected from one's culture because of displacement which is a huge theme or setting in prism stalker and i love this quote that she did in the interview and it kind of just you know puts sums that all up and when i read the comic book and then i read her interview I like the comic book even more after I did that because it was so good. But Cammy's going to hit you with this, uh, this, this quote by Sloane Leon. So she's saying, I've loved science fiction since I was a kid, but have always left, felt left out of the genre with native peoples being depicted as a primitive being or an alien. There is no native perspective in this genre. We were absent in others' imaginative gaze. Prism Soccer is me filtering all these feelings and experiences into a loud sci-fi kaleidoscope and carving out space and all of those imagined futures for natives and other marginalized people who identify with Bep and her experience. Yes. It, it's, it hit hard because yeah. we're going to get deeper into it, but I'm, so, I'm sure a lot of us uh, in America are, have we felt this place from our like main bloodline culture, you know? Right. And... I feel like a lot of people experience that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to move on. Just, we're going to keep giving credit where credit's due. Um, the letterer of this is Ariana Mar. Mm-hmm. Arianamar.com. You can see her portfolio. And she is at Comet Ari. Comet A-I-R-Y. Um, she's a freelance letterer. letterer so cool. if you wanted to work for your comic book, hit her up. Right. Uh, she works for independent imprints such as Little Foolery. And publishers such as Image, Dynamite Entertainment, and Skybound. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works, recent works have been Nancy Drew, James Bond, 007, okay. Ringside, uh, Sphere Theory, that's S F E E R Theory, Flavor, and Outpost Zero. Okay. Um, next, we have our logo designer, which, hey, the logo is badass. It really is. <laughs> uh, it is by Darius O, and it's Darius, and his last name is O U. Uh, you can find him on IG at Darius underscore OU, and he has a website portfolio also as Darius OU dot work. Nice. Um, he is an art director and a graphic designer. So check out his art. His art is really good too. And this comic book also has a s- original soundtrack. Yeah. Yes. By a musical artist and composer, Neo Tanami. Yeah. Um, they are a toy maker. They are human. Then they are also a human ambassador to the World Curse. I just saw that on what? the website, and I'm just letting everyone know. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, they are, you can find them at uh, Neotanami on Twitter. And you can also find them on Bandcamp, SoundCloud. Um, does musical tracks for each issue. Mm-hmm. And you can find these tracks at the Prism Stalker website. Yes. Uh, PrismStalker.com. This comic book has no website. Yeah. And it's one sole creator. It's just hustling and just, you know. Truly. And her... Her creative art, like, you know, her hustle helped other people who are independent people yep. in their hustle, too. Uh, so it's like Steve Lowe made the websites. Um, you can find him at stevencreates.com. 
Um, is it, the website has an animated trailer promoting the comic book. Yeah. Uh, the website is actually really cool. Has it's organic feel. So like as you're scrolling down and like you know. It moves and like fizzes. Yes. And it like, is a good theme for almost it. Almost like a uh, a lava lamp. Almost like it's alive too. Yeah. And that's a good setting of this comic book. Uh, but yes, the creator of it, Sun Leong. We love the story, Prism Stalker. We're gonna jump right into it. So there's kind of crazy timeline that's yeah. set up. So you jump in and it's into a character that has a pass that was troubling. Right. And then just gets like accelerated, like, you know, and so you're learning who she is as you go. It's almost as if it's in her, we are looking at flashbacks, mm -hmm. but she's in the present. Yes, she is. So it starts off at a point in time where the main character, Vepira Nesalizima, AKA, they just call her Vep, so her name is Vipira. She is on a refugee asteroid planet known as Servamod. Yeah. So Vep's home planet, Inma, where she was born, and she was a part of the Selly tribe, mm -hmm. um, was hit by some kind of terrorist attack that right. we're very kind of unclear of. Right. But you get indications through flashbacks that her planet became uninhabitable mm -hmm. because the water was killing people. Yeah, it was like burning their skins off. Yes. And so she had to leave and she's a refugee with her, you know, their, her remaining family. Mm -hmm. And so she's on this asteroid that has like this other alien species on it. Mm -hmm. And the alien species is living with them and their and Vep's family they're harvesting their eggs right and it's just this it throws you in such an unfamiliar setting from the get-go it really does and it kind of it forces you to really sit down and pay attention yes like I've read it twice and I'm still like I'm unclear I need some more information it, it is very unclear on what has exactly happened this story slowly reveals itself as the story goes on with Vep's past and the and the past of like all the refugees, yes. like what they're going through. It does start to get better. Yes. <laughs> start off with reading this. If it seems like there's some unfamiliarity to it when you start it off, like push through it. It is worth it. It's really good. You know what? What? I actually like the idea now that it was so difficult to like push through because I think it was done on purpose. Because I think so too. It, it's like people who are displaced, we have a hard time. We're going to talk about this in the questioning because <laughs> I wrote this, some of that down. Perfect. But yes, that's, I had the same realization too. And I was like, holy shit, slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, Vep's family on Siramod, this asteroid, is they're harvesting these eggs of the Servians. Mm -hmm. And the Servians are like this weird looking, like four-legged droopy creature yeah. it's like drooping it's not even like i couldn't even put it into like yeah. oh it's a snail or it's a worm it's just droopy yeah um but they i thought it was kind of weird that they sing to the the servian's eggs like you got to sing in the right pitch to like make the egg be harvested and come out and mm -hmm. if you do it in the wrong pitch like something bad happens yeah like and that's just some of the unfamiliar stuff that you're hitting the face with and this is why it's just like a cool unique comic book yeah um but they have a visitor and this visitor uh as vep's people would call it a tourist mm -hmm. um he's sazarin and sazarin is this like big elongated bodied lizard yeah he has like a t-rex head red eyes and like his teeth like are even showing out of his mouth when he has his like mouth shut yeah um he comes to visit the asteroid in order to scout for a private military firm known as the chorus yes and sazarin likes the potential in vips uh 
So he so he straight up just takes her. Like she's like, but my family's on this asteroid. He said, He's like, Sorry. well, since you're a refugee, we have all control of your you know well being. He's like, we could do something for your family, but come with us first. Yeah, and so that's what you get like from this this first thing. It's like, what's happening? Like she just got kidnapped, and then boom, yeah. she's like away from her family. She was already a refugee with all these things going on. Um, but they take her to the chorus academy where she's going to be trained. Uh, at a planet that is a newly it is a newly discovered planet called Yuratarka. Yes. And if, you've, if, if anyone's familiar with that name, we'll get more into that. Uh, of which the chorus uh, wishes to nurture new a new settlement and colonize the planet for its resources. Yes. So that is the chorus's goal, and it's honestly just a mixture of different alien species. Like you don't really have an idea of who's in charge fully. No, you yes. don't. Um, but there is a catch, though. The planet Yuratarka emits a unique energy um, that they call Numa. Numa. Uh, the wildlife and the ecology of the planet as a whole uses this Numa energy to psychically and telepathically communicate or fight the intruding colonizers off. And so when you go to this planet, by the way, the space trip is wild. Like yeah, when, that was really cool. Like Vep's like in this weird abnormal way of being transported and then she meets all the other alien species and there's just there's insectoid species there's like reptile species there's amphibian species there's monkey species there's spider species there's like a thing called a they're called neophinthians mm -hmm. and it's that blonde one how would you describe that one the one she steps on his tail oh it's almost like if a scraggly fox meets a like uh, Velociraptor. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, <laughs> so it was like a lizard fox hybrid looking species. Yeah, and sometimes it runs into just species like hybrid ones. Mm -hmm. Another crazy, unfamiliar thing yeah. that you're just thrown into. Yeah, but they have teachers too, and it's like their teachers like a huge wolfman, uh, huge-legged mosquito monster, like chasing Vep around for training. <laughs> it's like all these different species have been recruited to help fight off the indigenous psychic wildlife on this energy-breathing planet. Yeah. So that's kind of the crazy core of it as well. Yeah. Like this, this planet's alive. Everything can use this. So it's like all working against. We're working together. The planet is to fight off this like everyone who's different. Mm -hmm. So that's another kind of. Mm -hmm crazy you know culture displacement mm -hmm. <laughs> analogy as well uh but while they're there they jump into training um so all the recruits get a piece of the planet embedded in their skin yep. they have to figure out if they're compatible um and to see if they are mentally compatible with the telekinetic planets um a crystal-like implant is placed in bep's hand and the test that they took to get that in there to see if they if she was compatible looked very painful yeah yeah it did yes uh, subdermal yeah that's gonna be a hard i feel like it's worse than a tattoo yes bro oh, yeah get an implant on your because thing about it tattoo on your hand i've heard is like excruciating oh yeah it's all bone but if think about if you have something like implanted into your hand with no anesthesia it's gonna hurt <laughs> but also as it does that it takes her through like a whole mind trip and so yeah she gets it's it's a very big theme of like when she's dreaming or whatever she's going through some psychosis like episode like she's trying to figure out who she is right. and all this it's the planet it has its own entity or mind that reflects back that reflects back on those who channel the pneumo energy because once you get that little crystal implant you can channel the earth's energy as right. well or that planet's energy as well 
but also once you get that implant in your hand as a chorus academy student you belong Bentley. to the chorus yep. yes that sucks yeah i hate it i hate it it's <laughs> just it? it's just scary i mean if you really think of just the thought of having not being able to go back to your home planet having some type of attachment to a whole world that you do not know yeah a lot of people exist on that plane yes yeah and so there's a chorus pretty much owns them now until the day they die or that they retire Quote unquote, in which retire. retire they're kind of promised that they'll be able to take their people and their right. family and their tribe and they'll get some land mm -hmm. but apparently if you can't leave you got to do it on this planet yep so once your body accepts the crystal of the planet Yuritarka, you either have to pass this academy and become a soldier, or if you fail, you will be a laborer until the day you die. Yep. So they'll make you a slave, basically. Yeah. Boy. It was really yeah, ripping apart because, you know, it's like, oh, I do want to, you know, do this and get some plan for my family. But also, like, what did this planet do? Like, why are we trying to conquer this, you right. know? The parallels. So after you get that, you go through training. There's physical combat. VEP and the recruits pretty much just, I think a whole issue, just get their ass kicked. Yep, just the whole issue. There is no hope. <laughs> yeah, they get beat up. Um, but there's, being that the energy is called FUMA, they call it fumatic combat. Right. Um, which not to be confused. With, so the energy is called NUMA, and not to be confused with pneumatic uh, principles of right. like, air because i definitely thought that yes. and i was like i thought Whoa. that too because i saw pneumatic combat and i was like you know they're using air they're using like pressure and it's just a play on words because pneuma the same p-n-u-e-m-a means spirit right. and soul so it's like basically that's the, they're calling the planet spirit and they're using spirit combat basically to yeah. do it and there's three forms of these one of them is echoes yep. which they learn um, and this will, this is the will to capture another another's mind. Right. Yes. So tapping it. So like, I guess it would be similar to kind of what Jean Grey does. Yes. And so they think like people think they are breaking apart or like their bodies melting. Right. And you know the recruits have to train to fight against this, like oh. using their will. But yes, echoes. You basically just fight with your mind, mind to mind. You okay. fight. You put some, you implant ideas in people's minds. Uh, inception. Yes, inception. Without the dreams, Truly. <laughs> multiple dreams. It's right on the spot. <laughs> uh, there's also a, a pneumatic combat called forms, mm -hmm. and this is just straight up you using the pneuma energy in the air to form like a blade Terrain, in your yeah. hand, like you know to form even just some kind of like I think one person blocks with golden like flowers that represent like her instincts, like represent her people. You yeah. know, it, like it comes out. Right. Which is I'm just realizing some of the things. It's like some of these people don't know who they are but whenever they have to like fight with their instincts yeah it's like it comes out yeah you know they are who they are like inside yes even exactly. if they don't know it there's passed down through just evolution yes exactly but then there's altars and we got a small glyph of altars uh, in the comic book they call soma uh, which is the physical substance that makes mass so basically they're calling soma the mass of your tarka okay the planet and so alters is your will to impose a new gravity on yourself to move faster. Okay. And Soma on your Tarka can be manipulated or altered. Oh crap. So I 
I think that's what Altered is. Okay. If, if issue six comes down, down the line, they explain what Altered is, but they had a lesson on how to control the soma of okay. Iritarka. Yeah, because I was kind of unclear of, I was yes. like, uh, how does so it work? So there's echoes, forms, and alters. Okay. So echoes is fighting the mind, uh, manipulating someone's mind. Form is, I'm going to make a blade with energy and stab you. Yeah. <laughs> and then alters is just like, all right, I'm going to alter, like, I'm going to make you think the gravity's, like, I'm going to move so fast that, you know, if you're just altering mass right. on soma base, or okay. you're, you're altering mass on Iritarka. Okay. Okay, reasonable. so that is a pretty good gist of the comic without giving too much away to the story right. where you can't go and enjoy this yourself. Prison Stalker is so good. But we're just going to jump in and just talk about the background and the art Yay. of this all. Because, you know, the writing itself, like, it got to a point where it was, like, poetic sometimes. Yeah, And no, I love that. Definitely versed. And, like, there, there's good dialogue, but there's sometimes in, like, the dream state or, like, you know, the mind state where it's just a beautiful, just selection of words for like a poem that like yes. is displayed in the pictures um but the art is organic flowing lava of color sometimes it's a unique way of looking at space there's an asteroid refugee planet mm-hmm. that has weird gloopy aliens in it yep. like i never would have thought of that um a spaceship that is alive and can chamber its passengers mm-hmm. in little plant cell like chambers yes like i thought that was you, cool yeah like the people, the different creatures are able to be absorbed through the ship in order to like sleep, to yes. rest. And that was like the only way that your body doesn't get like messed up through space and time. Yes. Like- and, and it was cool because when you're plugged into the ship, like you kind of goop through it and mm-hmm. it like just kind of puts you to sleep. I guess you can control your mind and like peer out to space as your like own mind's image. I guess so, like almost like a uh, what's it called? A projection. Yeah. Yeah, because there was a point where Vef, the character, like there's a scene where she, you know, goes back into the I guess the cryostasis of the ship, mm-hmm. and then she's trying to form herself. Right. And herself is like organic scratches of shapes and it's like she's not there yet she's not there and then it gets better and better and then it's like she formed herself and she can like stare out to the stars and i was just like this is so yeah, out of this world this so is cool. awesome I, yeah it like captured my eye for sure i was just like wait is that her shaping together i thought this just looked like scribbles and but i was it, like yeah. no yes this is her but yes in iritarka city in the academy is a growing morphing alive city that was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see and it kind of has that relationship of how humans or life forms should live with their world or plants. It should be a symbiotic relationship, right. you know? Right, it should be more like, fluid. What if we built our cities, like, out of... The, I mean, we do build our cities out of worldly materials, but... Yeah, but... It's not very nature-friendly. No, and then we've got a lot of chemicals yeah. and stuff like that. Try yeah. that industrial industry move. <laughs> But the dorm rooms of uh, the chambers were like simplistic, but really cool. Mm-hmm. Remember, they were just like a wall. Yep. So it's a wall, and it pretty much opens up when you walk up to it, like a little like space for you to walk through, and yeah, like just shifts basically. Yeah. And the room, cube-like room, and in this room, you could just take all the form in your room, and you could make it into your furniture. Yeah. Like you can, it's just like a plain cube room, and you got to be like, all right, let me like you know make my bed real yeah, quick. Yeah, you can like get your food from your room, like by just saying what you want within your room and you get your food or like changing clothes. You can- uh, there's like a little circle of like matter they give them mm-hmm. and you just like put it on your chest and you can pick like whatever clothes you yeah, want. Yeah, I thought that was cool. That was really dope. 
yes, it would become the clothing you want. So if you wanted like traditional clothing uh, from your tribe, you could put that on. It, right. Like the suit knows it because like these chorus people like study their like history yeah. and their people and, and their I culture. And I think it also is like again touching in with that relationship with the planet. The planet is in your brain. So if you're using something that's of the planet, it's gonna know the origins of yes. where you are and what you've been through. Is, with, the art was good. You have any last remarks on the I, art? Honestly, I love the art. So Sloane, she, in her interview in the back of um, Prism Stalker, she definitely adamantly said that she had always been fascinated by nature and ecology. And honestly, that's very much shown throughout the whole entire story. And just with the vibrant colors and just the fluidity of all of these shapes, it, it kind of allowed for a lot of like, I could hear a lot of the things move. I could feel a lot of the movement. And I was like, I felt like that from time to time, like I was shifting through what felt like jello yeah. to like go to sleep and do like You're totally right. yeah. normal stuff. So it, she did, Sloan did a very good job of keeping this comic very fluid, but intense for the reader oh, yeah. to really pick up on what's going on in the story. Yeah, the colors and the tones, like someone gets like kneed in the stomach, it's like tone. Yeah. Like the movement of the colors, it's like it breathes on itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Comic book breathes. It, 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 gets, breathes. it gets, has energy kind of like the planet does. Mm-hmm. You're a Tarka, which by the way, Sloan, you, are you the Mars Volta fan? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> If you are, hey, one of us, one of us, one, one of us, one of us. <laughs> but yeah, because you're a Tarka. Yeah. The Mars Volta title. Go check it out. It's a good song. And also, the soundtrack is cool with the comic book, but if you you could pick out your favorite trippy music you like oh, and yeah. put that on and just coast. No, it's, it's yeah. It's so good. So good. All right, we're going to jump into Q&A. Q&A. First question. What was your favorite thing about Prism Stalker? Favorite thing? Uh, Always a really hard question because, you know, how do you pick your favorite thing? Um, I think I would have to say I really enjoyed how Sloane incorporated the colors and the art. She did a brilliant job. The art and the colors, just chef's kiss. Bueno. And I would say the color and art is like also adds to the unfamiliarity of things yes like it is a kaleidoscope of color sometimes yeah. it is like like they have like oh. they have like they have a projection and they take a bowl of water and they take like color oh uh i think i know what you're talking about but it's very much like mosaic yes. kaleidoscope. it is dope one for my favorite thing about prison stalker mm-hmm. so at first i will tell you i was a bit perplexed as i was reading this for the first time mm-hmm. and uh prism for the first time, the story is very jumpy with the flashbacks and who the character Vep is. Just in the beginning, like right. it's, it's like to set the tone. And so you are unfamiliar with this. Right. And it kind of displaces you like from the story. And then I read the, the interview in the back of the volume one Prism Stalker with Sloan. And then on the second read, I realized that how that's how it feels to be displaced from your original culture. Yeah. And so we were hitting on earlier, what if it, what if it was on purpose to have you confused? I absolutely think that it was on purpose. And then I was just like, ah, it's beautiful. It's so good. 
And, you know, all you can do is accept the now and where and how you can make life better for yourself. And I mean, there is things where she's displaced from her culture. And I think that was the whole theme of the comic book is my favorite part. It is about being displaced. It is about trying to figure out who you are. Right. And to me, when I read it the second time, which is it, I think the comic book, it's, it even has that phrase to it. It's like, I should read that a second time and you'll like it even more. Right. And as I like saw you reading it for your second time, I was like looking back and I was like, oh, I love that scene. You yeah. Know, it's so good. Other than that, I like the strange unfamiliarity with the story and the environment. Like a telekinetic planet alien life form that has an like, energy that everything else uses. Yeah. Crazy sci-fi. Idea. It's nerd. It's as nerd can Nerd. Get. Yeah. One of us. One, One of, of us. us. One of us. <laughs> <laughs> and it also feels like an independent comic for sure. No, yeah. Like hats off to creating this comic book. Like it's it's inspiring me to like put the pen to paper finally and like gets, you know. Let, let loose. It. But yes, you can tell that some of these art pieces started as sketches in her sketchbook. Oh, yeah. Like you could see the like the fine line sometimes. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, there's there's some like good signature touch to it. That, yeah. You know, and feels. It's just it's not what your typical like comic book art, you know, what we've seen in comic book art. This is not what it is. It's just completely different, but it's different in a way that it I, I like it a lot. Yes. It just shows the character that Sloane has um, as as Sloane as a person, as well as her art style. Okay. Well, question two. Can you relate to Vep, uh, the main character, on the feelings of culture identity and culture displacement? Constantly. Every single day. I'm a black woman in America. So yeah, you know. that's a big displacement. Yeah, it's like huge. So it, I'm constantly feeling like I'm I don't fit in, or there's just not enough space for me. So and it's kind of that idea of how do I make space for me because I I fully deserve to be here. Yes. Um, if you have, if you think otherwise, you deserve you probably more <laughs> of shaping like, this shithead country. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, all right, well, I'm just gonna so. It, I feel the displacement all the time and thinking about, so I've recently started getting into like a more holistic approach to life because Western medicine is rough sometimes and expensive and it's expensive. And so when I think about trying to like grow my own stuff, herbs and food, I'm just like, I really wish I would have had like that ancestral guidance. Yes, totally. And so I'm like, I don't have that and I have to learn it. And now like, there's a lot of white people who profit off of knowing this ancestral oh. medicine. It's like they profit off of a lot of like medicines, ancestral medicine that wasn't theirs to begin oh, with. Oh yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's just like they profit off that. So I'm having to go and be like, okay, I've got to find someone who's not going to try to nickel and dime me to learn the land. Yeah. It's, and you got to search for it. You it know? Yeah. In a way, yes. It, I mean, we got to just use what we have like yeah. that and go forward with mm-hmm. that, even if sometimes it's, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. Um, I can relate to that because, I mean, I am I am also, like Sloan, a beautiful mutt of mixed, of mixed ancestries. I'm mainly just Scottish uh, descent and Mexican descent, 
but I found out later that my great grandma was Mexican Japanese, mm-hmm. and then my great grandpa was Cuban, but like okay. really dark complected Cuban. Okay. So I have this like you know mixed bag, you know this melting pot of America that we all love, but the this the other edge of that sword is. I don't know how to speak Spanish. Like, I mean, I understand it and I can, I pick up on more words than most people do. But, you know, there was time, my childhood went, was going to my grandma's house and, you know, having that, like, not understand fully what she meant other right. than comido. Oh, yeah. You hungry? Right. Like, you hungry? <laughs> Como? I'm like, yes. Si. <laughs> Bring on the homemade cooking, grandma. Oh, man, it's so delicious. Uh, but yeah, so I, I felt that. And then it's like, you know, it's like, even with, on the side, I used to tease, like, from my white side of the family. Like, they'd be like, oh, hey, little Mexican girl, what's up? And then, you know, the Mexican side's like, hey, gringo, you speak Spanish. And I'm like, god damn it. Right. I'm so displaced. And it's like, this isn't my fault. <laughs> yes. And and with that, I would say, like, most America's theme is pretty much displaced. Like, yeah. the native nations that used to be here had, like, their identity. And like, there were so many different identities, too, because right. we call it, we say Native American, but... I've thought in my head that isn't Native American insulting, like the term Native American? I think the American part. America came after. Yes, exactly. Just Native, just Native. They're just Native to the land. They're Natives to the land, period. And I thought the word Indigenous, it just sounds like like a good word, but no, Indigenous is just you were the original person here. Yep. And because there was just, I don't know, I'm not going to go too much like in depth because I don't know the details, but there was thousands of nations in america before america was yeah, made exactly and so america's theme is displacing cultures over and over again Truly. and this is another reason why this has like, such a strong analogy oh yeah to this, you know our, care about your culture more like yeah. look into it oh and yeah it just it's a story that has like some heart and some realness in it exactly thank you sloan for yes. this for sharing because just how you know, mixed your ancestry is. This comic book has that mixture too. Yeah. Like, cause there are different aliens everywhere. It could represent just all that. There's, there's so much representation in it, this, like no. just on the level of just mindfulness of culture. Absolutely. And I just agree. T- talking about it now, make, recording this episode, I think we're s- slowly realizing more about this oh, comic yeah. book. It's like feeding on us. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm heated. Yes. But yeah, culture displacement, figuring out who you are in this world. Um, yeah, great comic book. Agree. Um, last question: If you were a part of the Chorus Academy, if they recruited you uh, and your displaced family, just just you, uh, would you push on and train and defend this colony and have your life in this colony as a soldier of the academy, fighting off the native psycho psychosomatic creatures and the thing that's in the root of the whole planet? Or would you just, you know, give up and just be like, send me back home or be a laborer? That's so hard because I think they didn't have a choice, period. And I wouldn't have a choice. It's like, hi, be a slave or be a slave. So I'd be like, all right, I'll pick the lesser of. Yeah. Well, lesser, that just sucks. Because you're like, so you're late. You're trying to do this quote unquote training to be a part of the freaking planet and they're gonna put you to work right after that so it's just like you're a slave to society period it's just do you want to do hard labor or do you want to do labor that's not as intensive yes yeah your identity is stripped 
Yeah. Uh, the culture is being forgotten. Like they pretty much are just like move on from your people and like be a part of us. And then when you retire as a soldier, maybe you can like you know get go get your some of your people. Yes, another little parallel to yeah, you're, America. You are a prisoner, basically forced to fight. Yep. Or if you don't want to fight, then go be a laborer at this planet. I would go along with the planet, and which I'm thinking. I don't know because it's hard to see a happy ending in this comic book or yeah. how like I, something happy shaping up. But maybe Vep will be so powerful mind wise. Maybe she'll start working with the planet because right. it is a spirit thing. Yep. Yeah. That's what I thought because I was just like, hmm, maybe they take over the planet. I mean, in my theory is though, I bet the new the newer issues of Prism Stalker, it'll probably dive into more of what happened on yeah. Inma, the planet that Vep's from. Like, what was the terrorist attack? Like, what was that? Like, I have my own ideas. Not going to go too deep into that. But yes, Prism Stalker. But I would, yeah, I'd push forward and try to yeah, take, oh, take yeah. down the system. Me too. Because I was like, what if I'm special? <laughs> right? <laughs> what, I, what if I have what it takes? <laughs> <laughs> All right, army. <laughs> you have what it takes. Um, that is it. Uh, this has been episode nine. Prism Stalker. Yeah, yeah. Sloan. Sloan. Like, Leon. who knows? Like, oh, and I'd love to crack a beer open with yes. Sloan. <laughs> Same. Like, we'd probably have a great conversation. Yeah. Just, like, have a blast. I, I, this came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, where's volume two? Wasn't out. She is working on it, everyone. It's coming out next year. Yeah, it's coming out 2021. Um, I think I saw a cover for one of the issues already, possibly. Ooh. Uh, I can't wait. And Me neither. Thank you, Nelson Turek, one of my good friends, Thanks, for Nelson. recommending this. It was a great read. Yeah. A great read where you have to sit down and read it a couple times. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And so if you get a chance, try this one out. Go to your local comic book stores. Pick up Prism Stalker. Mm-hmm. But until then, this has been Nerd Escape. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm Jablar. And I'm Kami. Thank you for listening. Bye. Let the song twerk you out. Yeah. Turn it up. <laughs> <laughs>